Foster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Diaz, in for Deb Valentine with your new sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Well, President Joe Biden traveled to Uvalde, Texas over the weekend to grieve with the families of those killed in last week's school shooting. Former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton says he doesn't understand how Texas authorities could have mishandled the massacre. A booking records show that Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, was arrested with a DUI over the weekend in California. A Russian intelligence source says doctors have given Vladimir Putin a maximum of three years to live. Police say a Kennedy Airport TSA worker was on the phone with his sister as he was gunned down just two blocks from his mother house early Sunday. Well, President Joe Biden grieved with the shattered community of Uvalde on Sunday Excuse me, Sunday morning, privately for three hours with anguished families left behind when a gunman killed 19 school children and two teachers. Many chanted for the president to take action. At Robb Elementary School, Biden visited a memorial of 21 white crosses, one for each of those killed. And First Lady Jill Biden added a bouquet of white flowers to those already placed in front of the school sign. The couple then viewed individual altars erected in memory of each student, the First Lady touching the children's photos as they moved along the row. Well, former NYPD Commissioner Bill Bratton says it's mind-boggling how much Texas authorities mishandled last week's school massacre. He appeared on the Cats Roundtable with 77 WBC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. One of the most important parts of dealing with a crisis is accurate information, preliminary information, certainly subject to change. But there's been so much misinformation that was put out as factual that... The erosion of public trust, certainly in Texas and its police forces, uh, I've, I've never seen anything like it in all my years in policing. Brian, who also headed the Los Angeles and Boston Police Department, said Texas authorities failed to adopt active shooter guidelines that came after the 1999 Columbine High School mass shooting in Colorado. Of all the authorities have come under intense scrutiny for their handling of the massacre. Police did not enter at Rob Elementary School for more than 90 minutes after arriving to the campus. Well, new booking records show that Paul Pelosi, the husband of Speaker of the House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi, was arrested at late Saturday and charged with driving under the influence in California. According to records obtained by the Daily News, the bus was made in Napa County and he was booked early Sunday morning. The records show Paul Pelosi was hit with two misdemeanor counts related to unlawfully driving under the influence. His bail was set at $5,000. Speaker was not with her husband at the time of the arrest that she had been in Rhode Island to deliver the commencement address at Brown University. Now we're classmates, right? That means you have a classmate in the Capitol. <laughs> well, Pelosi, a San Francisco-born businessman who received an MBA from New York University, married Nancy Pelosi in 1963. He owns the venture capital investment and real estate company Financial Leasing Services Incorporated. The circumstances surrounding the arrest, which was first reported by TMZ, were not immediately available. Well, Russian intelligence sources the mirror, tells the Mirror that Vladimir Putin has been given a maximum of three years to live by doctors. 
The FSB officer said the 69-year-old Russian president has a severe form of rapidly progressing cancer. He added he has no more than two to three years to stay alive. The officer said the disease means Putin is also losing his sight. Richard Deal of a former MI6 chief recently predicted that Putin may end up in a sanatorium. If my thesis were fulfilled and Putin did disappear into a sanatorium, I think he's the likely stand-in. And of course, the stand-in in this scenario probably becomes permanent. I mean, you know, there is no succession plan <laughs> in the Russian leadership. Last week, Putin met with Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko in Sochi and was caught on camera awkwardly twisting his feet while the pair sat down for talks. The previous week, he was also spotted making odd movements on TV amid reports he's suffering from Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis. Police say a veteran Kennedy Airport TSA worker was on the phone with his sister when he was shot to death on a Brooklyn street just two blocks from his mother home, his mother's home early on Sunday. 45-year-old Donovan Davey was on his way to visit his mother after finishing work when he was shot in the neck and leg near East 35th Street and Church Avenue in East Flatbush just after midnight. An NYPD spokesman said police believed the shooter snuck up behind him and fired the fatal shots. He was heading to his mother's home where his sister and family were waiting for him. The sister who asked that her name not be used told the Daily News that the person was probably watching him from a distance. Davy Slaying was a second fatal shooting in Brooklyn in less than an hour. Cobb said a 53-year-old man was also shot in the head on De- Decatur Street near Malcolm X Boulevard in Bed-Stuy about 11.25 p.m. Overall, seven people were shot in separate in- incidents over the Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Well, the Justice Department said Sunday it will review the law enforcement response to the shooting in Nuvaldi, Texas, that left 19 students and two teachers dead. The review comes amid mounting pressure and questions about the shifting and at times contradictory information about what happened in the shooting last Tuesday at Robb Elementary School and how police responded. Well, Justice Department spokesman Anthony Coley said the review would be conducted in a fair and impartial, independent manner and that the findings would be made public. Officials say the review is being conducted at the request of Uvalde's mayor. In a statement, Coley said that the goal of the review is to provide an independent account of law enforcement actions and response that date and to identify lessons learned and best practices to help first responders prepare for and respond to active shooter events. Handling the review is the department's Office of Community Policing. Let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny today with a high near 87. Later tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 71. Tomorrow, Sunny with a high near 93. Well, Texas Governor Greg Abbott faced heckling over the weekend as he arrived to meet President Biden at the site of the school shooting in Uvalde. In videos shared on Twitter, members of the crowd could be heard booing Abbott by name as he wheeled past the Robb Elementary School sign. Abbott was later seen speaking with the president. The uh, governor has faced some criticism for loosening gun regulations in the years before the shooting in Uvalde. And clips of Abbott at the school where memorials had been placed for the victims amassed tens of thousands of views on Twitter Sunday afternoon. The frustration comes as the community continues to grapple with one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. Abbott has found himself frequently facing criticism over the state's relatively lax gun laws and pulled out of a scheduled appearance at the National Rifle Association convention in Houston over the weekend. 
The NRA is a major GOP donor. Some Texas lawmakers, including State Senator Roland Gutierrez, who represents Uvalde, have pushed for a special session to address gun control. As Abbott has said, quote, all options are on the table. Well, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn claims the Biden administration's self-inflicted crises are so blatant that she wonders if they're intentional to merely spin a narrative to the American people that President Joe Biden is actually doing something. She also appeared on the Cats Roundtable. It is of tremendous concern that it seems every action this administration has taken is an action that is driving up the cost of energy, it is driving up the cost of a barrel of oil, the price at the pump, the cost of food, the cost of clothing, the inflation rates are through the roof. Blackburn also commented on supply shortages such as baby formula after the latest supply shortage of the baby formula comes month after the Biden administration was warned about it and did nothing until it was a crisis. She also mentioned how the border crisis is just another glaring example of creating a crisis by unwinding the border security measures of former President Donald Trump, specifically the Title 42 expulsions amid the COVID-19 health emergency. Well, the Foreign Service, which is the U.S. Department of State's entryway for career diplomats, is watering down its application process with a change that critics say could have trouble implications for national security. Since 1924, the department has weeded out applicants for its coveted overseas post with the Foreign Service Officer Test, or FSOT, essentially an an SAT for wannabe diplomats, the notoriously tough test with a pass rate rumored to be around 20%. Set a high bar for America's diplomatic corps. Only those who pass the FSOT go on to a panel interview and other in-person assessments. But next month, the department will give all FSOT takers, even those who wash out on the three-hour computerized quiz, a full review by the department's evaluation panel. The agency said in an April 25th memo to candidates that the change is a part of an effort to modernize its hiring process to create a more inclusive workforce that hires the best talent and represents America's rich diversity. The memo adds that beginning with this June's test, the single gateway of the FSOT will be eliminated. Instead, the test score would just be one factor among many essays, the candidate's personal narrative, work history, and more that the panel will consider. Well, former Proud Boys leader Henry Enrique Tario will remain in jail while awaiting in while awaiting trial in connection with the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. The 38-year-old South Florida man has been in police custody since March 8th when he was arrested and charged with conspiracy tied to his group's activities on Capitol Hill to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election. He had asked that bond be set, but that the request was rejected based on a very strong evidence against him. Here's Tario on the War Boys podcast. But go the f*** outside, cause civil disobedience, go inside the Capitol, don't wear a mask, burn those masks outside the Capitol, okay? Don't burn them indoors. But this dude. The only way that you're going to fight back is if you put these things together and you test, you test their resolve to put you in chains. U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly ruled late Friday that Tario presents a danger to society that should keep him in custody, at least until his hearing takes place. Tario was not at the Capitol on January 6th. Two days beforehand, he was arrested for ripping a Black Lives Matter banner from a historic black church in 2020 and ordered not to remain in Washington, D.C. He claims prosecutors have no smoking gun connecting him to criminal activity.
Well, Ukrainian officials gathering evidence of Russian war crimes believe they will uncover more than 100,000 cases before their investigations are over, according to the Prosecutor General of Ukraine, Erna Vendiktova. The country has registered a total of 14,000 war crimes. She predicts there will be at least 1,000 defendants when the cases finally proceed to court. In Kharkiv, where Vendiktova's team is gathering evidence, investigators discovered three burnt corpses in a basement and evidence of arson. What appears to be a family, a man, a woman, and a child were tortured and shot before they were covered in car tires and set on fire. The team is also investigating reports that a Russian soldier raped a woman in the village of Little Rogan. The reports say she had been hiding from the Russians in a school when the military officer broke inside and ordered her into a classroom where he raped for her for hours. Her family managed to escape while she was tortured. 77 WABC time check 515. Let's head over to my left where Justin Ellick is sitting next to me, and he's going to talk about what happened last night with the uh, Celtics and the Heat. Yeah, big time. Celtics uh, do advance to the NBA Finals. We'll get to that eventually. But uh, first, I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. The Mets had a fun weekend beating around the Phillies at home as they sweep their three-game set with the division rival to the tune of a 5-4 to four finale victory yesterday. Nick Plummer and Eduardo Escobar grabbed the headlines in the win as Plummer's game-tying dinger in the ninth was followed up by this walk-off double by Escobar in the tenth. Escobar! That call courtesy of SNY. Coming up next for the Metropolitan is a visit from another division rival in the Washington Nationals. The two kick off a three-game set tonight at 7.10 p.m. Eastern time in Queens. That matchup will see David Peterson go up against Washington's Eric Betty. As for the Yankees, they weren't as lucky in Tampa Bay yesterday as they split their first series with the Rays on the season, uh, on the season two games apiece. The Rays would only register two hits on the day, both being home runs for Taylor Walls and G-Man Choi. It was a four-walk and one-hit batsman, two-run seventh inning from the Rays that really deflated the Yanks. They'll hit the reset button with an off day today before welcoming in the Angels for a three-game set starting tomorrow night. Your 2022 installment of the NBA Finals is set and ready for launch after the Boston Celtics took the throne as your Eastern Conference champions. It took a gritty seven-game series with the Heat, but Boston would prevail on the road in Game 7 by a score of 196 and will meet the Golden State Warriors out west come Thursday night. Here's what the call sounded like from Mark Jones at ESPN. Truce again. Fires the three. And that might do it. Al Horford with the rebound. Throws it up in the air. And the Boston Celtics will go to the NBA Finals. There you go. On the ice, we all know what tonight means for your New York Hockey Blue shirts. Game 7 in Carolina with a trip to the Conference Finals on the line. Can the Rangers crack the Canes at home to survive another seven-game bout? Find out tonight at 8 p.m. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the early news sports update. I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Thanks, Justin. Let's look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly sunny today with a high near 87. It's going to be pretty warm for Memorial Day tonight. Partly cloudy with a low around 71 tomorrow. Sunny with a high near 93 right now. 64 degrees and clear outside. Let's head over to some of your business stories. Well, stocks and U.S. futures advanced today after trying to ease some virus curbs. 
and Wall Street had its best week since November 2020. European equities rose to the highest level in three weeks, trimming their monthly draft. NASDAQ 100 contracts climbed more than 1%, and S&P 500 futures also gained in a sign that the bounce may have further to run. S&P 500 wiped out its May losses and snapped a string of seven weekly declines as institutional investors rebalanced portfolios into the end of the month. All the major markets are closed for Memorial Day. Speaking of Memorial Day, Americans are spending more to pay for their Memorial Day cookouts as meat prices surge with the cost of ground beef and chicken breasts hitting record highs. USDA data reveals that the average cost of ground beef and chicken breasts per pound have increased by more than 20% between April 2021 and April of this year. DailyMail.com says the average American could spend more than $76 on their summer barbecue spread. Well, an investigation by the Observer says superyachts linked to sanctioned Russian oligarchs are vanishing from global tracking systems in an attempt to avoid sanctions. A crew member told the newspaper that they were told to turn off tracking and unscrew the system. The Observer investigation highlights the difficulty implementing sanctions, which are meant to put pressure on Vladimir Putin to end his invasion of Ukraine. And finally... Detroit's Broad Arrow Auction says the 1964 Aston Martin DB5, personally owned by the late Sean Connery, is hitting the auction block on August 18th, and it's expected to fetch between $1.4 and $1.8 million. Connery, who died in 2020, portrayed the iconic role of British super spy James Bond in seven films between 1962 and 1983. The Aston Martin DB5 is the car model most associated with the Bond character appearing in a Bond film starring with Connery and 1964's Goldfinger. The WABC Early News. Well, tennis star... Tennis star Naomi Osaka was petrified after being caught inside the Barclays Center stampede and having to scurry into a room for cover after a false alarm of a shooting outside. Several spectators were injured in the rush as crowds ran for their lives inside the Brooklyn venue during Gervonta Davis and Rolando Romero's boxing match Saturday night. Fans thought there was an active shooter in the main plaza and flooded back into the arena for cover, but the New York Police Department has denied that any shots were fired. Multiple people were, however, rushed to the hospital. This according to a tweet from ESPN's boxing reporter, Mike Coppinger. It was reported that a fight broke out as the public were leaving the arena, which sparked the commotion that was confused as a shooting. Well, a Staten Island murder suspect died on Rikers Saturday, the sixth death at the dysfunctional jail complex this year and the third in under a month. Emmanuel Sullivan's death, which was announced late Saturday, comes as the city tries to enact an action plan to stave off a federal takeover of Rikers Island. A correction officer found the 20-year-old Sullivan dead in his bed around 4.30 in the afternoon at the Robert N. Daveron Center. The death highlights what critics say is the continuation of a crisis at Rikers Island with regards to extreme conditions. Here's what Dr. Robert Cohen, an official on the Board of Corrections, had to say. There is a life-and-death crisis in the jails because more than 1,000 officers are not coming to work each day, and those that do are not assigned appropriately. Correction officials did not elaborate on his suspected cause of death or the circumstances of how he was found. Sullivan was one of four suspects accused of killing Tamar Sharawi, a bodybuilding father of two, during a home invasion heist 
on Hinton Street in Greenridge. Sullivan's death comes 10 days after Mary Yadua, age 31, died after overdosing on drugs at the Rose M. Singer Center on Rikers Island. The Daily News reported that on staffing breakdowns that preceded the deaths of three other Rikers inmates this year in each of the three cases, correction staff did either not do required rounds or absent from the units when the detainees went into medical distress. This according to the Board of Corrections. Well, on Wednesday, police released surveillance video of a knife-wielding man who allegedly threatened the former assistant deputy NYPD commissioner. Police say the frightening incident occurred about 3.30 in the afternoon on May 22nd on a southbound 6th train at East 77th Street and Lexington Avenue on the Upper East Side. Police added that the armed suspect followed his 35-year-old victim into a crowded subway car and became irate as the train left the station holding a switchblade in plain view. The NYPD said that when the southbound train arrived at the 68th Street station, the suspect fled. The identity of the former official is being withheld because he tells the New York Post he fears for his safety from the suspect. Here's Bratton on the Cats Roundtable. What's going on right now is a lot happening that's not being reported in the press that's creating this fear. This fear can be addressed successfully, but it's going to take a coordinated effort. The suspect, Aaron Ramos, turned himself into cops Thursday morning. Police say Ramos, a 26-year-old Bronx resident, was charged with menacing. You can see the video of Ramos on WABCradio.com. Well, disturbing footage recently shared on social media shows a person menacing subway riders, kicking a car window and yanking on a woman's hair as she tried to escape while other strap hangers avoided the outburst. The roughly two-minute video posted Wednesday on Twitter shows a person who appears to be unwell screaming obscenities before sitting down and grabbing a train rider's hair as she attempted to move away. About 30 seconds later, the emotionally disturbed strap hanger shouted to get up, prompting the unlucky woman targeted by the eruption to stand. The person then shoved the woman away before storming off in the opposite direction. Well, the video went on to show how the unstable person continued to yell, standing on the subway car seat while repeatedly kicking the window as the train approached the Delancey Street station in the Lower East Side. Commenters on the troubling video said that strap hangers did not help the woman who appeared to be randomly targeted by the mentally unwell subway rider. Well, in the wake of the Evaldi, Texas school shooting, police say a Queens student was arrested for threatening to shoot up his school. The chilling episode unfolded Friday morning after police responded to Metropolitan Expeditionary Learning School in Forest Hills shortly before 1020 in the morning. A 16-year-old boy told classmates he wanted to attain a firearm and shoot several students at the school, this according to some teens. Kids also saw that the 16-year-old was using school computers for Googling ways to buy firearms. This, according to an NYPD spokesman, is the latest of many recent threats to schools across the state and country have been subjected to following the Robb Elementary School shooting. On Friday, a 16-year-old boy in Suffolk County was arrested after he posted Wednesday on the Belport Scholars Instagram page that there could be a mass shooting at Belport High School in Brookhaven last week. Luckily, officials like Suffolk County DA Raymond Tierney said that that particular case did not appear to be a serious threat. Thankfully, this incident appears to have been a terrible prank gone wrong, and the accused had no capacity or intention to act on the threat. Police said after the witness told school safety agents the boy was confronted and admitted to the 
joke, the supposed joke. The teen was then taken to the 112th Precinct Station House and arrested on charges of aggravated, aggravated harassment. This, according to authorities, a juvenile report was issued on the teen, and he was released to his parents. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today, we got some sun with a high near 87. It's going to be a warm one for Memorial Day. Later tonight, we're going to see some clouds with a low around 71. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 93. So wear some T-shirts, everybody, right now. It's about 64 degrees and clear skies. Well, this one hits close to home. Alan White, best known for his long tenure as the drummer for progressive rock band, yes, died Thursday at his home in Seattle. He was 72. His death was announced by his family. The announcement didn't specify a cause of death, saying only that he died after a brief illness. News of Mr. White's death came just days after Yes announced that he would not be taking part in the band's upcoming tour of Britain, which begins on June 13th. He had been a member of Yes since 1972, but the band noted a statement that a number of health setbacks had restricted his time on stage. If you missed this morning's Top 5 at 5, don't forget to go on our website at wabcradio.com to catch up on all the latest news. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.